Blog Talk Radio. Oh, happy Halloween. It's happy so Halloween. wonderful. 
I'm so happy. This is also my, my, the evil genius's birthday is on the 26th. So basically we party for a while and uh, her, her actual birthday party isn't until the 10th and she's having a Pokemon party at third eye comics. So we're actually technically partying for three weeks. (laughs) All right. So it'll be awesome. It's like a second madness. It pretty much is. I mean, now I'm planning a party and it's like, oh my God, I got more things to do. And, you know, you know, I've, when it comes to the madness, I have had a baby. My father has died. I've gotten the madness in. I sold his property and his estate one year on top of that. And another madness. Yet changing careers and taking a new job has almost defeated my madness. It is absolutely one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I've noticed a lot of people are dropping out because of occupational reasons. Mm-hmm. Like life is getting in the way and it's our jobs getting in the way of our lives, yeah. which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I'm really excited about this new jump I'm doing and I'm actually relatively happy at my new job. I'm pretty excited. I I was okay. I got to bring I believe uh Erin Marie's on, so let me bring her on. So, also in oh, nearby Virginia, Clifton Forge, Virginia, where the trains used to go by back and forth back in the day, you have Erin the Porn Witch Marie. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Oh, hello. Season's greetings. <laughs> Um, We are all now on, so I am glad the main coven is we haven't been together as one group in, what, forever. The only person that's not on is Aaron. I'm sure the cuz will call in at some point. He's probably off doing his his summary because he's late. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I was very late. <laughs> uh, you guys, I pinged you both at the same time, just so you know. So uh, uh, you got okay, your in. Okay. So you know, you're you're you're, you're off the hook. Typing. You're off the hook. I, I am. I'm glad. I'm glad. You're good. You're off the hook. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> well, oh my god, changing my job <laughs> has been, uh, you know, it's been a tough t- transition. It's been because this job is hectic. It's not like physically killing me like the other job. It's just like people are running around. They're all new. And they don't know what to do when they bump into each other and fall down kind of thing. You know, <laughs> it's like, <"Woo!" laughs> we're all new. Some of us, this is our first real job. Ah, you know, it, it's like that. And, you know, and here I'm in the middle of this and I haven't had some, some of these folks have some experience in, in, as well. Right. I don't have any experience in GMP, but I am experienced in archiving. That's why they hired me because I'm an archivist for them. But learning like this whole new world of like paperwork is is beyond anything I've ever dealt with in my entire life. Like there's forms, thousands of them. Like like I worked in the government. We had a lot of fucking forms. Okay. Right. What you deal with there's right. a lot of forms in government. I have never seen this many forms in my life. Like just flying around this place. You know that like like in Brazil? Yeah. You know that you know with that scene where all the papers fly around and everything. Yeah. And then, and then, but the but Jonathan Price knows the system and is able to tell his boss how to do it correctly. I think that's, that's yeah. very million, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> I I completely yeah. relate to Jonathan Price in that movie. Let's just put it that way. Um. So, oh my but God. this is 
this is what happened. Okay, so I had a really rough time at my last job before I took this one. It was a big deal when I took this one. Um, they asked me if what I, where I wanted my desk and how I wanted it. Okay, and asking me it, where I wanted to put my new desk in my office, I totally went blank. I had no idea how to answer that because nobody oh, has yeah. ever asked that to me before. Oh, I've never been. <laughs> it was like the first time. I've suddenly never dawned been on, Suddenly dawned on me that I'm getting my own office. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting my own office. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to do with myself. Either, A, they want to keep me from everybody else because I'm just weird and, you know, isolate me. <laughs> or they actually think I'm actually okay at my job and they're putting me right in the room where the archive room is. So yeah. I'm like, and that's where I am. So we'll see what happens. But it's so far, everything is pretty good. It was it was a very busy day for me. I had a deadline. I made it. Uh, so right. at least I know I'm making my deadline. So, but anyway, I'm not the only one though. There's been. I want to give out a shout out to Kathleen Marshall for working really really long hours on really heavy shifts. And one dropout, um, Stephanie uh, Marie Noriega, she also got hit with the life like her job, like totally killed her madness. So uh, yeah, you know, she. So that, and she's a nurse, so it's hard in the first place, but they, yeah, well, they like double whammied her. Yeah. yeah, they're both they're both nurses. That's actually one of the things, and they're both health or in the healthcare uh, industry. And okay. um, oh my god, like they just they've just been slammed, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I shout out to them for doing what they do because uh, you know we can't do anything without nurses. Uh, you know, right. nurses bring us to life, and they wash us when we're dying. Um, so they're important people and we love nurses. So shout out to Stephanie and Kathleen Marshall and fighting a good fight. And Stephanie is also a badass because she was in second place at the time when she had to drop out. Mm-hmm. So oh. second place overall. And she was within like 30 points of Newt. Like she was actually yeah. like could have surpassed Newt if, if things had worked out. And, yeah, and I think she, so too. She, I yeah that it was the first time I saw someone give Newt a run for her money, and yeah, and yeah. you know because Newt's usually way up front while everybody else is still trying to catch up, and and even though for a moment that actually happened, Newt took the I will say we create I don't even have to tell you without finishing the scores that Newt just outscored everybody, <laughs> we three, yeah. but yeah. she didn't complete the um challenge. The, the Saw versus Hellraiser challenge, she did not complete it. Um, they're only so far, I've only read two full completed challenges. I mean, a lot of people finished either Saw or Hellraiser, but not both, yeah. okay? Um, Dina Vina, yeah, she's completed the entire series. I believe Freddie Young might have as well. I have to reread it. He might have completed the series. And then there was one other. What was the other? There was one other. Oh, Nikki. Nikki Blount did it. Matter of fact, that's nice. all she did. She did the entire uh, run. So Nikki Blount, which that's actually, hardcore. yeah, so she did it. So we had two to three confirmed people uh, like complete the full challenge, but there were quite a few people that did half the challenges. Um, you know, like they did one or the other. Um, so did either one of you um, been any of you, Aaron, Marie, Steve, 
you, as contestants or Raven as a judge, which movies were you binging for week three? Was it Saw or Hellraiser? Or did you just say, ah, I'm doing what I need to do? I, I randomized all of them. And <laughs> then watched. <laughs> I put them in my, my other, like, madness theme. Yes, spreadsheet. That's how cool I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I did paperwork. I saw a couple Woo! of Saw movies. And then I, caught, I saw a couple of Hellraisers. I, actually... I rewatched the first Hellraiser, which I realized I hadn't seen since, like, my first Madness, because I have a movie tracker, too, because of course I do. Hi, I'm a Virgo. And um, so I have the date of the last time I watched Hellraiser, and it was my first Madness. So um, it's like a little anniversary. So sweet. I forgot how gross it is. (laughs) It's pretty gross, but boy, is it cool. You know, it cool. I, yeah, it is cool. Really and, and awesome score too. It's one of those movies I know frame by frame at this point, and I've seen yeah. so many times. But yet, when I saw Joe Bob do it, he made me see things I had never noticed before, and answered questions that I had never had answered before. And Joe Bob had the answers, and nice. I felt so grateful to have said that horror hosting back in our life. And we'll talk about that. In November during our, these are a few of our favorite things, because we want to get back to Aaron Marie. Let's have you talk, because we haven't talked much since we've been on yet. Was it a Saw or Hellraiser kind of day for you, week for you? It was a neither. I have done my best to try to watch as many bonus points as possible this madness. But for some reason, I haven't just been in the mood for movies. I've been watching a, a ton of horror TV instead uh especially rewatching the hannibals so i get brian fuller plus usually mutilation or dinner party points <laughs> and body Very modification good. too because he he took mm-hmm. he takes arms off of people while they're still oh, alive yeah. so oh, yeah. i are are we love that man we talked yeah, there, there was a removal of intestines and a kidney i mean it was it was nice so, I mean, plus everything is so cool. I love the deaths in that one. I forgot how awesome they were. Yeah. They're like the, the, the dead artistic. <laughs> they're so pretty. I know. They're very aesthetically pleasing in a morbid yeah. way. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you feel you feel a little twinge going, why did I just go, ooh, when I saw that? <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, my God, that's awesome. So pretty. Wait. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Especially the last episode, which was um, the FBI agent that got dissected into sections and, mm-hmm. and placed into slides. And it's just, you're like, oh, my God, that's such a cool display. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would go to that. Uh, I will have to say, and, and I, like, our first episode, Steve and I's episode, was we talked about Hannibal, Hannibal which I had never seen till this last this past year. Of uh, how much they got away with on NBC on that show. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. I, so I I was in shock. I mean, some of that was more graphic than anything on The Walking Dead. Um, Unbelievable! You know, You're right. Yeah. So I was like, dude. <laughs> I, I give them credit, and the casting, of course, is some of the most stellar casting I've seen for a stayed-up regular television show. Imagine if that show had been like in this era, like if it was now a new show, it would be on a platform where it wouldn't have any boundaries. 
I don't, you know, they could they could take that ball and push it. I think they should bring back the fourth season. I think they should make a fourth season. They've been talking about making a fourth season now for a year. I, I think know. they should do it. That would be like well, a good birthday. Good birthday present. <laughs> I would love to see it come back in about five years and do the whole Clarice storyline. I mean, that one was based on Red Dragon, so they've got to do a Silence of the Lambs based one, don't they? <laughs> well, they did. They did kind of do a Silence of the Lambs, and they did Hannibal, but they did them in reverse order. They did Hannibal first, so um, you know, so the the. the you know, they had people eaten by pigs, and the only you know, and oh, I, wow. I don't. You know, I I don't need to go into the gruesomeness and the moments. People should just go and discover yeah, no. that show. It's the a great Halloween Michael show. Pitt. The point is, I got lots of bonus points. <laughs> oh man, so that's great! And, and you got to look at the Mads. I mean, looking at the Mads is a bonus point. You know what I'm saying? Oh, just yeah. looking at the Mads. Oh, the Mads is amazing. <laughs> oh man, I love the Mads. You know, I've been talking. I've been talking with my daughter for a year because she's been wanting to watch, you know, Silence of the Lambs and all of the Hannibal Lecter movies and the show. So that's what I've used the madness as an excuse for. We watched all three of the movies in chronological order, and then the show. Nice. I well, tried. My to, mom. There you go. I Thank tried to watch the um, Saw movies because I've been promising Aaron Marie at some point I would actually watch the Saw movies. So I got the first one in on week two and then, or week, beginning of week three and then I didn't watch any other movies. <laughs> that so, so once again I've still not seen any of the Saw movies. <laughs> I've totally failed. I, um... But somehow recaught Halloween 4 with Joe Bob Briggs and actually I'm going to say something you guys are going to like. I think it's my favorite of the straight-up Mike Myers Halloween movies. Really? Like, better than yeah, John Carpenter's? I mean, it's not bad. What? It's a good movie. It's just, there's something about the mask that's just off. It's well, too white. I don't movie, know. I, I don't really count the first movie with the rest of the franchise, because that movie oh, was, with the was you know, okay. but, but starting with two onwards, I would say of the Mike Myers movies, I, I, I rewatched that one the most of the Mike Myers movies. I've seen it like three, two or three times now. And, and I think it's because, and, and Joe Bob agreed, the ending of, of number four is fun. It's absolutely one of the more fun slasher endings. And there's a car chase and violence and the music is awesome. And it's like, and she's climbing over a roof to get away from him. And they're sliding around. It's a lot. Of, and there's little Daniel Harris in the middle of it screaming her bloody head off or shaking a lot, depending on what she's doing. I mean, of course, then like the fifth one completely ruins anything, anything. All the goodness out of four gets sucked away by the fifth one. That's the problem I think it has. If there was no fifth movie, got rid of the fifth movie, just pretend it doesn't exist. This movie sits on its own. I like the I like the actress that plays the, the final girl in the movie. She's good. Uh, Rachel's a really relatable scream queen. She feels like someone that might live next door. I mean, she really does. And so I, I, I kind of, been, as a slasher movie, I think it, it works. That's all I'm saying. So I know it's got a popular opinion, and I still like three more. <laughs> I, I accidentally fell asleep this morning, like last night, between six and eleven thirty. So it 
3.30 this morning, I was watching Tales of Halloween for the first time because I've also nice. been getting into anthologies. But I loved seeing the cameos in that one because both Mick Garris and Stuart Gordon and Barbara Crampton are in it. And yep, then, it's an automatic um, triple bonus film. It's an ATB. <laughs> and um, then I noticed in one of one of the tales um, that in one of the party goers, it was during the dueling Halloween decoration neighbors uh, yeah. portion. But I was like, I know that hair. That's Sean Clark. He's one of the managers for the celebrities at conventions. And sure enough, it was. They showed Sean several times during that scene. I was like, oh, he got to be in a movie. <laughs> awesome. He's just someone that you see at conventions all the time. Like every single convention, Sean's there. <laughs> I've never even been to a convention yet. You should at some point. You are in Portland. There, there are plenty up there. Uh, I you know, know, but you can easily go to one, and uh, the one in Seattle is Crypticon. I went last year. It's pretty good, actually. Uh, it's small, so you might like it. Um, it's not like overbearing like Comic Con or ECC is. You know, it's a very intimate little with lots of geeky panels. Like the the, the kids that run the panels booths, or they talk about all sorts of stuff: extreme horror, foreign horror. Uh, comic books, you know, they're, they're just running the gambit upstairs. And I spent a lot of time listening to the kids talk about that because I wanted to know what specific Northwest uh, film, indie film scene, what they did. You know, I didn't know anything about yeah. it. Yeah. So Turkish movies are very popular, it turns out, also. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. well, it, I, that was a great panel. Uh, look up the Turkey industry, film industry. I was. That's a, that is maybe going to be another subject maybe next season for Sexy Witches because learning about Turkish film scene was just hysterical. Uh, I, I have been obsessed ever since I went to. Like, are we talking like Turkish Star Wars, like that? Yeah, all that stuff. Okay. But they also have a very, very hammer like like industry of horror. Like, okay. they, yeah, they, actually. They do, uh, Academy yeah, Theater by my house does play some of those uh, Turkish indie horrors. They did play Turkish Star Wars last year, and then they started a series of um, basically the direct ripoff titles. But then um, that was so popular, they started doing more in town with that. So I haven't looked into it outside of that theater company, but it, it's, I'm happy to know it's still around and um, there's still a pocket of fans uh it's really just hypnotic to watch they talked about the dracula that came out before the one in universal it was in the turkey in <laughs> turkey and it's like really really like you know they didn't know what a vampire was they had no idea about right. tropes you know i i've yet to see it i it's actually something on my to-do list is to watch that one but i didn't get any of that stuff in steve How's your madness been doing? Did you do saw Hellraiser? I did Hellraiser. And how'd you feel about Hellraiser after watching how many? Well, I watched all of them except I uh I watched all of them except for um 
not judgment. I actually like judgment, uh, but revelations. Um, uh, as my summary will will show, it's a series of extreme highs and and uh, or or a few few extreme highs, maybe one extreme high, and uh, uh, several lows. I the most shocking thing coming away from it was how much I disliked two. Um, I grew up a big fan really? of the first two. Yeah, and I thought too, like it really reminded me of like that new It movie that I also really disliked and thought was just a big bloated mess, and it just felt really convoluted. Like the production design and the look, and you still got Claire Higgins and Ashley Lawrence. You know, you still yeah. get, like all the key elements seemed in play, but like this time, I I hadn't seen it for a while, but I always loved it as a kid, but. I was really surprised at how much I just did not like Hellraiser two this uh, this time around. It's been a while since I'd seen it, but yeah. Um, so, but the first one is still. I mean, it's just amazing. It's one of the greatest things ever. I think well, that Hellraiser two gets a ten out of ten for me, no matter what, because of Julia's skin suit. Like that, mm. like, I don't care if the whole rest of the yeah. dialogue was like, durka, 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 it would still be a 10 <laughs> out of 10. That thing is gorgeous. I want to wear it at my wedding and my funeral. No, yeah, I love all all the production design and makeup effects, Any anything like that, uh, that like, with two, like, is still, like, a, like very, it's still on point, like, and, and I, I think I even made a point to say that in my summary, but there's, like, a soul that's not there that's in the first one and i just am assuming it's clyde barker behind the camera but i don't know you know the story to, the story itself to me is just very much a lot of stuff i would rather have kept in my imagination and wondered about you know um uh, but that's just a personal so. choice at the end of the day like some people really dig on that whole I want to know all about this universe and I want to know as much as I can. And, you know, I, you know, I, um, I, I, I'm just, I, I, the other one I really like is Inferno actually the fifth one. That was like the first one that went to uh DVD and that one I thought was pretty cool. It had like a very noirish kind of detective feel, but uh, for the most part, the Hellraiser, like it, it was weird. They tried to market it like Pinhead is a slasher icon, but like it's not a slasher. So a lot of the sequels just seem to not really know what to, you know, do with themselves. It's just a lot of them just are, are kind of odd in different ways. Yeah, I was thinking about that too because I forgot how late Pinhead shows up in the first Hellraiser. He's not even in mm. it till like the last 20 minutes. And then in the right. subsequent movies, they bring him on so early, they run out of shit to do with him really fast. Um, and, and I, I think like that, that might be part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And that's the thing with, with anything like that, you know. And that's, you know, uh, that's a, I guess that's a classic thing. Once you show the monster to me, it's kind of like, you know, it's why sequels in themselves don't exactly work. But you know, to varying degrees. At the same time, though, I, I'm I'm never gonna not enjoy a Hellraiser film. Like I enjoy. Like I was surprised. At, at the same time, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed three, just because I thought it was like a dumb, fun blast that 
I'd always be it really is hard fun. It's totally yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's so fun. It gets a bad the rap. The scene where they wipe out the bar. Wouldn't you pay yeah. to be an extra in that scene? Oh, oh my god! god. And it looks like so yeah. much fun to shoot. We'll forgive them the CD thing. I still think it's hysterical. But they were trying. They were trying to. Ha- they were trying new things, and it's. It, it. I don't know. I have a soft spot for the third movie. It also played at my first job, which happened to be a movie theater, and it had a. Like the credits were super super long compared to like other like how short it is. It's really short movie, and so we used to and we used to do this for Army of Darkness too because it has outrageously long credits. We would we would go and clean all the other movie theaters and see if we could get back before the credits stopped rolling because then you could hear the the score at the end of the credits. So that was always really fun. Uh, yeah, I had um, you know I'm yeah, a nerd. I I am sorry. I was just once I just have brought back a really odd memory, but I really love that movie and I think it's underrated. But I will have to say something about two and to defend it a little bit. When it comes to Clive Barker's actual vision of hell, he's been pretty friggin' consistent. It looks like it is if I go and pick up a book and look at that movie, I am seeing what he's describing. You know, he, 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 yeah. he's, he's never not had a consistent vision. And that even goes all the way up to the Scarlet Gospels. If you read what, he's, what hell looks like in the Scarlet Gospels, it looks pretty much the same as what it did in Hellbound 2. Uh, hell so I, I, I got to give it a little bit of credit for that, that he's had such a consistent vision all these years. And it, fits into, and it does fit into his uh, body of work. So... But anyway. Well, it may, whether it does or not, I still just it doesn't really work for me. Like you know, it doesn't like have it, to work you know, for I'm, you. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, you asked me about it. For every, you know, I I <laughs> yeah. I. You asked true. me about it. <laughs> no, no, I, I validate that. I, I actually think that it. I, well, I like what's her name as the villainess in the movie because I like her a lot in the first film. Too. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like her her opposite. I thought he was kind of in the way, and I really wish it, they concentrated more on her story. Um, and, and Frank or the her, doctor? Uh, the her what's her name? Oh, oh my gosh! I wasn't Julia? ready to talk about Claire Julia. Hayden. Yeah, I wanted more yeah, Julia. She's the I, best. <laughs> you know, because she, she really holds the first movie together. It's all her performance. Yeah. You know, she yeah. has to act against nothing and animatronics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has she does. Some, uh, and she kind of turns into a Doug Jones in the second one because she's doing a lot of body acting too. Uh, I don't know if she has a, a double for far shots, but you know, when the, you can see her whole body, it's obviously her. Um, and she's doing, if it like, if there was a horror Oscar, she should have gotten one. <laughs> Yeah, that was something well, I never thought about how awesome she was, like the the yeah. many times I've seen the film. I mean, it was something that was just apparent, but this was the first time where I was all just like, holy shit, Claire Higgins is amazing in these movies. She's got range. Yeah, yeah. She, she really is. And and uh, so our guest is on the line, so let me do a oh, quick boy. introduction. And oh, I actually met this person in Atlanta. They came to my uh, podcast panels. I was all excited. And a beautiful 
huge Cthulhu hair and, 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 and dress. And it was just the most glorious thing. And so I was trying for, we've been talking for a while now and we've been trying to figure out how to get her on the show. Cause I really wanted her to be on the show. And I was like, I got to have the right topic. And then this year's madness, gave me that topic um, I have not been as I said I have not had time to watch hardly anything I tried to do the saw binge wasn't able to do it the one thing I have been able to do is binge this show called Dragula on Amazon Prime okay and um, I'm sure all the sexy witches are completely familiar with RuPaul's Drag Race right right okay. yes I don't really watch the show but yeah it's cute um I Dragula is like that, but they have a moniker, and their moniker is drag of filth, horror, and glamour. And they are looking for the world's first drag super monster. First season is so low budget, they have to crowdsource the prize. Uh, and it looks like they have maybe a camera and a curtain, and that's about it. But what's coming out of these beautiful queens are these scary, amazing costumes and really quirky people underneath and they talk and they do the whole boudoir thing and it is is actually one of the most infectiously addictive shows i've seen in a while so i was trying to think i gotta figure out who to talk with and I, a couple people knew about it but i was like I bet you janessa j she probably has and she did and she came on the show and she's here for our halloween episode so please welcome to the show horror host drag queen extraordinaire and fan of dracula Janessa J. Champagne. Welcome. You're on with Sexy Witches. Hello. Hello. I'm hello. so excited to be here. Thanks for having Hi. me. Thank you. And that video, I saw some of that video you posted earlier. Thank you. That was very flattering. I really appreciate it. So thank oh, you. Oh, yes. So welcome. So how has life been treating you? I haven't seen you in over a year because I didn't go to Atlanta this year. Yeah, I've been good. Um, I went to Atlanta this year. I always uh, I go to Days of the Dead is a convention that I go to, and I try to go to Indianapolis every year because that's the one that I found first. And then I try to go to one other city, and I've been to Atlanta twice. And I went to Charlotte in uh, 2018, so it was their first show. So that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, so it's been good. I, I'm originally from North Dakota, so – not a lot happening out here, so I have lots of time to think up projects for myself. I wanted to say something about that when I was reading up on your bio. I worked in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and up in oh um, Halleck, Minnesota in 97, cleaning up after the Red River floods. Yes, that was my freshman year of college. That was my first year, and I was a typical dopey freshman first year student. And I thought, where can I get, like I had work study. And so I thought, where can I get a simple work study job where it won't be too much pressure. And so I got a job doing news and weather at our campus radio station. So I did news and weather the year that we had eight blizzards with names and a flood. That, it, was it, it, was, it was terrible. I mean, it was the most, and I mean, awesome, not as in like awesome. I mean, awesome in the true sense of the word power yeah. I have ever seen. Uh, they have a bridge in the middle of town that connects Minnesota with North Dakota. And the water line was so high, the trees were on the bridge. It had to crest, what, 24 yeah. feet to do that. Um, there were, when I helped clean up, there were like 
like actual driveways in the middle of the street. Uh, people, uh, there were things up in the trees, like mailboxes, second floors. <laughs> I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. It was like, it was, it, there was like, sometimes the top floor was fine and the bottom was just on stilts. I mean, it was really, and then downtown, there was like these fridges in one of these, one of the downtown areas, some little businesses there, there was a fridge down there and that fridge fried and they, and I didn't have to do it, but my other team did. There were dead turkeys, you know, like things, you know, there were turkeys in there, like Thanksgiving size ones. And, you know, you don't even want to know how old and gross they were. I had to help clean up a pig farm up in Halleck. That was fun. Uh, no. Yeah, it was it was crazy <laughs> because I so I was on campus and we have um, we have like a little coulee that runs through, but we're far away from the main river. So our coulee was flooding, but the campus wasn't getting flooding. And so I was in the dorms and they actually just shut down the university. They called school off like a month early, three weeks, four weeks early. And so because I was working at this radio station, I had to get special permission. The radio station called the housing people, and I actually stayed in the dorms for like three extra days past when they evacuated campus. And I had to walk on wooden pallets through the water to get across to the radio station because we were the only radio station that was still broadcasting during the flood because all of the other radio stations are downtown, so they're right next to the river. So they like – once it started flooding, they were immediately off the air, and we were still on the air, and we were still broadcasting. So I stayed Which for, like, two fabulous. extra days until they were, like, finally evacuating everything, and our, we were, lost our tower. So then I took off. Were you wow. there when the Red Cross arrived and put, built the shelter at the school? Because uh, that was where half of our group was stationed. They were stationed at that Red Cross Center. Uh, and then the other half was with, up with me in Howick. Um, so, uh, were you there for that or were you already evacuated? No, so I had already gone. We had, they had set up, um, it was mandatory evacuation by the time that I left. So I had to go out through like tanks, like there was national guard set up to keep anybody from trying to come back in town. Like it was, it was serious. And then I went home and of course I didn't have any other ties to the campus because I was going to be gone for the summer anyway. So I, I didn't actually come back again until the fall. Well, I'm glad to know you were safe from all that, but boy, did that bring back memories reading that your bio. I was like, yeah, it was so crazy. I, I'm glad you're safe, but boy, was that also a good learning experience for you because you've never let go of the microphone. Yeah, it was great practice and it was good. Um, I, I love to I love to talk. <laughs> so that was a good, it was a good job for me and it was, um, it was a lot of fun and good practice. Well, let me introduce yeah. you to my sexy witches really quick. Uh, we have Erin Marie, the sexy porn witch. I think she's there. Oh, we Maybe like she's that. on her mute. Basically, oh, that's we all... muted. That's all. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just introducing sexy witches before we continue and talk of a lot of fun things to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm Raven, the enchantress of Nevermore in Portland. Hiya. Hello. And then we have Steve, the Wizard of Wandling in Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, and uh, he's our uh, sexy Wizard of Wandling. So say hello to Ms. Janessa Day. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, Dad. Hello. Yeah, so happy Halloween. So this is my group. Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, so 
uh, I am so excited to have this crew uh, to talk about this. Um, I doubt the sexy witches have watched Dracula. Have you seen any of it? I told you to watch at least season three because uh, you really, really should. No? Do you hear that definite? Nobody else no. has seen it? I hear crickets. Should I play crickets? I mean, if I had a cricket sound effect, <laughs> I would have played them right then. Um, well, anyway, so this show is amazing. Uh, and, and Janessa, explain what they do on this show, because it, it, it's, it's more than just a drag show or a horror show. It, there's something else about it that makes it special. And, and some people even call it a movement. Uh, what do you think about it? Yeah, so I like it because it's – I generally, like, I do have some issues, and there's some things about it that I don't love, but um, oh, it's really good because it – Oh, we're going to about this season for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, uh-huh. It definitely – it reminds you that there's other things than what you see on, like, RuPaul's Drag Race because that's the go-to for everybody for sort of mainstream portrayals of drag. And that's certainly, you know, what they have there, that sort of runway look – um, high pageant, high glam sort of look, which I also love, um, is is certainly part of drag history, but it's not the only part. And so Dragula is very much more about going back to different parts of drag. So like John Waters and Divine, those early films, um, you know, it's that kind of vein. It's that like filth. And so they do like monster looks. They do horror looks. They do really just kind of like creepy they do almost like endurance challenges if you're going to get uh if you're up for elimination they call it extermination and you have to do some sort of you know they've had people have to go (laughs) skydiving have to get tattoos it's like it's crazy it's wonderful things which has always been an issue with me i am not good at eating things Uh, jumping out of a plane i would have done it a tandem jump no problem uh, get me to eat something I like live spiders. And it's not that I'm afraid to eat spiders. I love spiders. That's why I don't want to eat them. <laughs> That's my problem. I would have been out, you know, I'd be like, no, I'm not eating these spiders. I like spiders. Why would I eat one? You know, cause I'm weird and I love animals, you know, I'm not going to do that, but, uh, you know, but I get it. And I thought that was funny. So, so, yeah. Yeah, so Dragula is like RuPaul's Dragula race. If you, Add fear factor to the end, and then a little slasher horror, and uh, just to mix in for fun. And it actually, it's kind of interesting to watch the show evolve from its like very modest, and I mean modest, modest very modest. Roots. Yes, that first I mean, season the, is the, ratchet. The sound is awful. <laughs> like it's almost unwatchable because of the sound. Like the and they obviously had no space. Like they have a very no yeah. runway. Uh, but they still pull off some amazing things, and the makeup and stuff speaks for itself. And and it it gets it gets infectious, and you get like start rooting for people. And sometimes I think they and I'm, I especially want to look at season two. I thought they ranked on each other a little bit too much in the in, when they were working on their their makeup and stuff. I thought third season mm-hmm. when they were talking, it was much more constructive because often they weren't talking about each other. They were talking about the show, which is kind of cool. I thought, you know, it's changed yeah. that way, even though they were using the confessionals a little bit more for, for punching bags. I've never, but you know, but I know that's the producers. They always want you to like talk that stuff up a little bit, but um, you know, yeah. but at the same time, I think that that's one thing that they've, Go ahead. Oh, I think it's one thing that they've gotten really better at is 
Um, but something they still struggle with is that the Boulet brothers are event planners. And so they're really good at putting together a runway show and a floor show. They're really good at putting together the spectacle. What they've really struggled with, and the first season was really terrible at it, second season got a little better, and then third season was probably the best, is they don't really know how to build narratives around the people on their show. They're just all building up to this floor show, but they don't know what to do with the people before that. So they've definitely made some improvements, but that's really where they struggle. I also thought they struggled, especially in that first season, even though they always enjoyed the spotlight. Uh, just for a little background, they have a, they're kind of celebrities in like the Los Angeles area. They host big parties, like she's an event planner, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a Halloween show. They mentioned it on the show this season, uh, and Elvira was a headliner one year. So we want to talk. That's why I was like, we're going to talk about Elvira at some point tonight as well. Uh, so, uh, but I think now. They're like really comfortable in camera and they also feel like they own their show. Like they know their show in and out at this point. Uh, you know, it went from 10,000 grand to 25 in, in, uh, in a season. So now they're giving away real Jeopardy level money. <laughs> and I have to admit yes. the prizes though were better than the, pre- than the cash prize. Like some of those, like the corsets and the wigs and that one person that got those, all those eyeshadows. I don't want that stuff. Yeah. That's, that, did, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, they do lots of great, like, um, giveaways where they people. They've given away some, uh, I think it's Fierce Drag Jewels. Um, that Oh, there's a fetish uh, fashion company. They used to be called Versatile Fashions, and I think they've rebranded. I can't remember what they're called now, but, um, like, this whole corsetry package. And, you know, they've done, like, weekend vacations and things like that. So they do really good prizes throughout as well. Uh, you earn it for some of those, um, some of those, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> some of those exterminations. Like this season, my favorite one was, and it's the one episode that my my daughter's been kind of the evil genius has been kind of ignoring me. She's got obsessed with horror video games right now. So she's like in her own little world, but she came and watched that episode of Dragula with me. And she looks at me and goes, I like watching people suffer and laugh. And I'm like, Oh God, what am I doing? (laughs) And it it was the episode where they had to do the live full size game of operation. And if they hit the wire, they shocked him with the dog collar. Um, (laughs) That was the episode that she watched with me. Uh, (laughs) But it's a really good episode. I think that actually was one of the best episodes of the season. Uh, you know, uh, it was, it was fun all the way through and, uh, you know, and, and that, but, you know, I was, I, and that was, I believe that's the same episode they shot in the asylum. Is that right? I think that's right. It is the same I one. I think so. Yeah. Was, yeah. That was really was, I think my favorite episode this season, which is the one when they shot yeah. in the asylum. So what is yeah, that? That was man. really good. And yeah. that's where we really started. It was pretty late into the season, but that's where we finally started to get, Um, Again, I just always feel like they have trouble building these narratives. And, like, there were two people who kind of emerged as, like, good, like, people to watch, like, people to root for, Landon Sider and Louisiana Purchase. And I think that that's – I'm hoping that they learn from that because in the past seasons, they're just like, oh, well, we'll let everybody be a villain and just kind of fight, and that'll be compelling. And it's not. Like, that's the thing. Like, the Legion of Doom isn't compelling – because you put a bunch of villains together and they snipe and bitch at each other. They're, <laughs> they're villains and they're compelling because they attack something that you care about. And they bring up like <laughs> this sort of 
foibles of the hero. And so if you don't have heroes, then your villains are useless. They're just kind of there and they're just fighting and sniping back and forth and it's not very interesting. So they finally like managed to create these characters that you actually liked. I, I, Louisiana Purchase isn't just a good drag queen. She is a good person. Uh, she was oh, she's so never wonderful. once did she talk about anybody. She was supportive. Yeah. She was brave. I mean, really brave. Like, to know that yep. at, w- at one point, Sexy Witches, she, she didn't face extermination very often. She only faced it, what, twice, I believe? Yeah, twice. Twice, yeah. Um, towards the end. And I always said she was going to make it to fourth place. And I actually think that was the exact right time for her to go, was fourth place. Uh, because she didn't quite have the makeup skills that the other ones did. She had the dancing skills the, uh, that the others did. Oh, yeah. I want to point that out. She was an amazing dancer. But uh, she, she had bagel response which is something my husband has. If he gets a shot or punctures himself, his blood pressure will do a sudden drop and he'll think, and it's an involuntary. There's nothing you can do about it. It just happens. Like every time my husband goes and gets blood drawn, he has to eat a bagel and he has to lay there because he faints. <laughs> and she went into a challenge where she had to staple dollar bills to her thighs with a staple gun. And I think it was, how many of them were there? It was like 20, something like that. It was like a yeah, lot. There was, she didn't make it very far in, but <laughs> she did a couple and then kind of passed out. But, but she did but it. She, she did. did. She actually completed the challenge, though, before she fainted. And, that she, and that's why they moved her on is because she went into something knowing it was going to be a problem. And she did it anyways, and she completed the challenge. And that's why she was moved on in that case. I, I, I and she, I, the Blade Brothers has done that before. When someone has really gone and actually defeated a fear, even if they had a hard time with it, they've moved them on. Like um, I was yeah. thinking of the kid in season two when they were doing the uh, body modification in the first or second episode, and she'd never had a piercing before, a little tattoo. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, and they and the other person, you know, <laughs> there was the Monique just going, "Oh yeah, well I just stapled my head, and oh this will be a cakewalk." Uh, <laughs> it was it just that yep. girl board. That was that was a really good episode too. I really like that was the episode where I caught my attention. I was like, you know, that's some real body modification they're doing there. I actually think they might have like calm their game down tad bit in season three because season two had some severe exterminations and I thought that one was really pretty extreme. really extreme uh, but I would say the stapling their, their, the, the money to their size might have been the most extreme thing they did the, the dog collar thing was just kind of funny because you know it's not going to hurt them <laughs> but it's still kind of amazing yeah that they you could tell game. the the one was really kind of overacting because then the other one was just like, ow, ow. So you could tell it wasn't that <laughs> bad, but the one was just like screaming and really playing it up. And... Yeah. <laughs> well, she is kind of dramatic anyway. So, you know, you got to yeah. give her a little bit of so... a flair, you know. <laughs> She's from New York. Yeah. You know, uh, I was trying to think. <laughs> my, my favorite, though, of all the seasons episode, um, the one that made me fall in love with the show, I just as soon as season three post, I was like, oh, I'm on this, uh, was the second to last episode before the finale. In fourth place, they went to Wastelands weekend um, in the desert in oh, Los yeah. Angeles. And I 
felt nothing but joy that entire two arc episode. I thought that everything about it is what that show could be. It could be great, great photos, great sets, great experiences, and some real bonding time with, with the top four. I thought that they actually really came together as a team uh, and felt like they loved each other at that point. And, and they weren't, they didn't, it took them, it was hard to get there. They, and like I said, they had trouble writing yeah. this narrative, but you, that moment where they all went, yeah, this show is amazing, and we are too. <laughs> you know, and that was really neat. Uh, you know, I really yeah. enjoyed that. That was a really and, cool uh, festival. So, uh, oh my gosh, every mo- I I knew about it. I knew about it, but I've never gone, of course, because I'm stuck on the, here on the East Coast. And uh, if I ever get a chance, boy, am I going to bring some of the coolest lenses I can find? Because every corner is is another great photograph in that place. It's just amazing stuff. I mean, and people are building those cars and and the armor. And, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so I, and just I, the know. natural setting is so beautiful for photography, and then to oh, put yeah. that sort of post-apocalyptic look on it. I mean, that's it's the perfect place to do that kind of thing. Like it's so. Oh yeah. Just Mad Max extreme. And I was very happy for them because in the intro, which is usually shot after or, you know, not, they, they don't shoot that stuff in sequence. Uh, usually shot it's after. And they were like saying that it might be a hundred degrees at the film shoot, but clearly during the film shoot, it was actually cloudy. And I'm like, and it made me, the photos even better because the lighting was just off the chain. Right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was just hysterical. I was like, yeah, I was so happy for them. I'm like, yay it wasn't hot for them and they just looked so cool <laughs> together and that they came up you yeah. know i i was so rooting like i i love it that's actually my favorite episodes is when they're doing the still photography like that one and then like i said the the asylum in season three i really like the it time. when they're doing stills yeah for some reason those episodes excite me i uh, which ones do you like the most or or is there a certain besides I... land insider who took everything this year um who's your favorites of of all seasons for that matter i just and i absolutely like landon is hands down there was no way that that season could have gone except for landon to win i mean it's just so amazing i really thought that eva destruction started strong but she kind of crumbled pretty fast which is disappointing because i really liked her i would agree with that i felt the same way yeah, she was just so good. And, it, like, some of her stuff, I've seen some videos of her from before she was on the show, and she is, like, an amazing performer, but it just kind of fell apart pretty quickly. So that was kind of disappointing. I loved Hollow Eve. I thought that Hollow Eve had some really fun stuff. She's kind of annoying as, like, a person, like all of her interview stuff, but um, <laughs> but she brought weird, interesting, fun looks. I just – I really liked – so there, well, season three is kind of my favorites. She, the performance art, which is a, a, a part of drag that people forget about, you know, and, and yeah. so I, I was cool with the statements. The problem I had is that when they made a comment about her drag, she took it as they were commenting on the message a lot of the time. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what yeah. they're saying. They just said they wanted the skirt to be longer. That's all they said. It could have been... It could have been tampons to the ground, and they would have been completely happy. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. You know, I, you know, that was the thing kind of is that she didn't seem 
And I, I did like that she had that moment on the Last Supper reunion where she kind of finally admitted, she said, I, my style doesn't work well with competition because I got so caught up in I've got a message and this is how I want to do it that she lost sight of the fact that, but it's also a competition. You also have to mold the message to what they're looking for. And so I like that she kind of acknowledged that because I think that she is very um, unique in, in what she's presenting. But yeah, she didn't always do a great job of kind of then fitting it into what the competition was asking for. Oh yeah. At, at one point she goes, there was not a fucking thing of me in that elf. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah. And that episode for me was my least favorite. I'm, I love Dungeons and Dragons, but I thought that the Dungeons and Dragons episode at the, the sketches were terrible that they had to do. Uh, the costuming, yeah. some of it was hit and miss all the way around. It, you know, it was just, you know, Madeline got upset and started ranting uh, <laughs> at one point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I and, loved and it, the looks. Oh my god, her hair I thought was the looks amazing. were amazing for that, but I did, yeah, I didn't like the the scene that they did, the kind of skits that they did, and that's oh, nah. what the weird thing is that that's one thing that I think season three actually slipped compared to season two was like the opening cinematics because the opening cinematics in season two were so fucking on point and so good. And then for season three, they just felt really slapped together and like cheaply done. And just like an afterthought, which was weird because that everything else improved except for those opening cinematics. And I thought the other skits and things that they had them do, those were not as well done. And I also want to say in the finale itself, I thought it was rather odd we didn't get the deliberation spot section. They did in the yeah. season two finale, but they went from the floor show to the winner, and we didn't get any discussion about the costumes or a second look. And I really wanted yeah. – I like having those where they're not shooting the camera in every angle so I can actually look at pieces of the dresses because some of the dresses have amazing detail, and it's especially the finale dresses. Like I wanted to see yeah. more of that dress with the pill bottles all over it. Yes. That was so good. Oh, yeah. I was, I, I, that was my favorite look from that round of the finale. Even though I love Landon Sider and I loved what he did, that pill bottle Marilyn Monroe dress was everything. It was so I want to say I thought back Dahlia did really well in the finale. Uh, you know, Dahlia Black, it, it was uh, people were like, "You're not going to win." She didn't win, but she she really I think held her own in the finale, and I rooted for her in a way, you know, as the underdog at that point because, and I thought her her filth and her horror, her horror was pretty darn good with the suit of the faces of all the contestants that came before yeah. her. That was creative as fucking creepy as hell, too. Like, it looked really yeah. good. Yeah, True that was really that. good. That was, I think yeah, she was ahead. the best of the horror round. I think that I, she, I do. that skin dress was amazing. I felt like oh my God. her filth look was another horror look. That was, I think, where she kind of stumbled, was that the filth look was just kind of another horror look with the, like, banshee kind of look and grinding up the baby. Like, it wasn't... It was yeah, no, like it, it was a witch eating like a baby, which I always appreciate. Yeah. I'm a sexy witch, I am. Yeah. But you know, but I, I wasn't like, you know, I was like, you know, you should have used that earlier in the show, like, you know, back in the competition. It, it was a cute look, though. Don't get me wrong. I, if if someone said you could look like that for Halloween, I would in a hot second. 
But it wasn't filth. It wasn't like bitch pudding's filth last year, which is the reason why she won. I mean, she yeah. won because her filth was the best filth. I mean, it was so gross. She was eating like and like she was eating things out of a dirty mop bucket with hair and oh, it was disgusting. It was brilliant. So good. Uh, it was so, <laughs> so good. good. Oh my god, it was so good. So that's why bitch pudding won. I really do think it was that yeah. moment. You know, it's the every that every moment that was like that is the super monster because that was the only real makeup that truly disturbed me like that was the one i was yeah. like oh like this year's filth people were eating off the floor and doing stuff. maybe i'm getting more desensitized to it i don't know but i i did better <laughs> this year with the food eating than I, the year before um the meat yeah. challenge what didn't disgust me i could have handled that just fine i would have survived um, if I was a vegetarian, I wouldn't have, but you know, as, as a carnivorous person, I am, I could do it even though it was pretty gross. Then now the year before yeah. when they did the, did the brain, is that the one where they did the brains? They had the, to brain, eat the brain. Yeah. That I would have had that, trouble with that. That's... Yeah. Cause it was also spicy apparently. Oh, yuck. I like spicy. I like spicy, but, would... but I think the brain, oh yeah. Yeah, that was impressive though. I mean, I was like, wow. Uh, <laughs> so, but I, I'm not. I think if it had been ground up, I would have been fine. Like the idea of eating brain doesn't creep me out. I think it's the fact that it still looked like a brain. I don't know if they just cooked it the way that it was or if they molded it. it. You had to use it with a oh. fork and a knife and cut into it like a steak, and that was like, <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> it was disgusting. so gross. Yeah, so, yeah, so gross. So, but it was still. And that's the uh, one. That, Go ahead. One of the biggest complaints that I had was, and it gets to your point about wanting to see the Marilyn dress more, is that I think that they spend a lot of time having these moments where they try to remind you that they're not RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, they try to put in these subtle little jabs of, like, we're not like that other drag show. But I think that one thing that RuPaul's Drag Race does that's very good is they have a coherent runway show. So you can see the look, you see it from all angles, you get to see it up close, you see it during the judging. And so like they're trying to be artsy and they're trying to make the visual spectacle. But yeah, if there's multiple looks, you really only get to see one if there's a deliberation. And then the finale, you didn't get to see any of them up close because they didn't do the deliberation. So I think that that, I think that as much as they want to poke at drag race and like remind people that they're not drag race, they need to also look at the things that drag race does really well and kind of move in that direction a little bit. And, and you want to spend time with the Boulay brothers talking with the, with the contestants. Yeah. And the chemistry is there and they weren't in the same spaces very much during the season three. I wanted to see much yeah. more interaction with the contestants. That would be one of my complaints about it. I think they, maybe they weren't even there for the flair show and that's why there's no deliberation. Uh, that would be my guess, you know, but uh, I, oh, I, yeah, really, totally. I would like, I would like to see more of them working with the contestants. I thought the contestants pool was super diverse and the, and that was wonderful this year to see the all walks of life drag race type. It was amazing. That part was off the chain. Season two with a couple of sections were a bunch of young people with something to prove. Uh, season three was, com they were there to compete, but they also, a lot of those folks had been established for a while. 
And yeah. so it was a completely different ball of wax in season three when it came to the actual contestant pool. Uh, and I think Boulay said they, the Boulay said they actually handpicked a few of them to be on the show. Uh, so that, that's kind of interesting. Like they were like, okay, let's see what you can do. <laughs> you know, so there's so yeah, much absolutely. potential here. I hope there's a fourth season. Um, I really, yes, I'm yes. hoping that, um, I love the Clive Barker challenge and I have one final question before we leave this and move on to Elvira. Cause we're going to bring the sexy witches in on the Elvira talk. Um, yeah. uh, in season, the Clive Barker episode in season two and they, they cut the one person. Okay. I missed it and haven't gone back to rewatch that segment, but there's something they say about a certain type of boot. If you wear that boot, you're automatically out. Oh yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I think they call it scene kid boots or club boots or something. And it's basically those big if you think about like hot topics circa like two thousand where everybody bought those like big Marilyn Manson boots that had the thick chunky wedge heel. Like that's such oh, yeah. a staple of like beginner emo drag. Is like those club <laughs> okay. boots. Okay. That's what they're so... talking about. Yeah, but uh, but to to the, the person that was in the Cenobite costume, it, that was a '90s costume they were imitating, and they wore a '90s boot. Yeah. I mean, even though I thought that was funny, because I think they did something. They said in season one they made a comment about it too, like like and that was like the second time they said something. But this time they just said, "You should know by now that I will cut you." <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" You know, they just yep. you know the worst thing you do is wear those boots. I'm like, okay. You can you can you can puke on them and they'll be fine with that, right? But you you wear the wrong yep. boot, and you're screwed. <laughs> you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah, so hot topic I, accessories don't do it. <laughs> well, I hope they know that any criticisms we had is out of love because I'm a huge fan of the show and can't wait for season four. Just be more more interactive with the contestants and we'll be excited and we can't wait to see what's happening. Uh, and I hope, because they had some really good guests this year. Henry Rollins was on the show. The kid from Hereditary on the show. Um, yes. Felissa Rose. Yeah. And Felissa Rose was on the show. So, And they mentioned her, but they didn't have her on the show. But I'm hoping in season four we'll get Elvira. Because Elvira is awesome, and at the first days of the dead in Atlanta, where I met you, Janessa, I also that was my second or third time meeting Elvira, who happened to be there. And uh, they mentioned on the show, like I said, she hosts the Halloween party that they host every year. She has done it before. Uh, I don't know much about these parties. Do you have any idea about them? I saw some pictures because I follow a few of the people on Instagram, and it's just like a big kind of club night so it's a lot of drag it's a lot of boys go-go boys in jock straps and fangs and you know all the, all the good stuff all the good stuff <laughs> all the good stuff actually I, I i will all i'll say if somebody um invited me i wouldn't say no that's <laughs> for damn sure exactly <laughs> I'd be there with bells on maybe maybe that would be all i was wearing no nah, i would definitely no you don't want to see that. Oh, nobody wants to see that. Anyway, but I would be there. Yeah. It would be awesome. Uh, but Elvira hosted, and uh, first of all, I've basically, as the head huntress of the show, I've basically stolen Elvira's 
you know, it, like idea all my life. Like trying to emulate her and Morticia Adams dominated most of my kingdom because, you know, and Princess Leia. Gotta put Princess Leia in there. But those women were my icons in the in the day. And I actually think I'm thankful for and better for it. Uh, even though I totally enjoy the Disney princesses, it's not like they are now. They weren't as prevalent. They would only come out once in a while in the TV, you know, in the yeah. theatrical release, and then they put them back in a vault. So they weren't quite the way my daughter was exposed to the Disney princesses. So, uh, but the Adams family was on every day. <laughs> Carolyn Jones was there every day. Um, in syndication, you had the horror hosts, and uh, one of them was local. That would be uh, Bob Wilkins. He was my horror host in the Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, but in syndication, we'd get Elvira. Uh, and uh, Elvira would play once or twice a month, and you get to see her show. And I instantly fell in love with Elvira's show down there. And uh, uh, I've been a huge fan ever since. And uh, how do you feel about Elvira, Miss Janessa? I love Elvira. I Elvira is one of the things that I think I encountered as a kid that put me on the path to show business that I that I got onto because I as so many little gay boys were, I was obsessed with Barbie. And I loved Barbie and her little shoes and her little pink life and everything was pretty and pink and girly and sweet. And then I saw that NBC movie that they made that they played every Halloween, that first Elvira Mistress of the Dark movie. And I was like, this is like Barbie, but dark. Like, this is dark. And it combined everything that I loved about Barbie with all the stuff that I loved. My mom and I used to watch Dark Shadows together. And we used to watch, like, the old Universal monster movies. And when I got a little bit older, we watched horror movies together. So when I saw Elvira, it combined those two things. And I was like, this is amazing. And it was really kind of, in a weird way, life-changing in the way that pop culture is sometimes life-changing, but uh, you know, so between her and, and Bob Wilkins and my parents, my parents were both hardcore science fiction fantasy geeks, and they they let me watch the the Hammer Horror and you know, Universals. I wasn't into slashers; they didn't really want me to see those films, anyways, at my age. But you know, I really didn't get into those until about 1988 when I saw uh, Freddy for the first time, and then everything changed there. Uh, but you know, but Elvira really like like between Bob Wilkins and Elvira, I got like my I I consider it film school, cl- a classically trained. You know, I I you know they played yeah. some great great old school movies, and you know all psychodronic titles, you know atomic bugs and you know, gothic vampires sometimes they're really cheesy movies you know uh my dad took me to see elvira a mistress of the dark in the theaters we saw it together it's one of my favorite you know i was so happy to have that memory of my father and i because we both were huge fans of elvira for very different reasons or maybe not reasons if I think about it but I you know I felt very much related there's the girl I think I forget her name I think it's Jane like some kind of like plain name uh but the girl that plays the hero girl in the movie uh I felt I related to that character a lot like feel viral oh Robin kind of go oh my god who is that you know (laughs) she's just like instantly enthralled by this gorgeous woman in the black and I was like you know I've never seen that before you know, and uh, so and I was I've also been... weirdly drawn to Edie McClurg, 
who is like the evil leader of the town council. She had been in some cheesy like NBC after school movies, like comedy movies. And I had a weird fascination with Edie McClurg. And so when I saw the movie and it was Elvira and then Edie McClurg showed up, I was like, I'm done. I'm going to love and, this forever. And Edie McClurg is pretty good in the movie. Like her performance yeah. anchors that film. Let's bring Steve into this. And I want to tell you why. Okay. So Steve and I started doing a side podcast we do occasionally called Repo Nerds. It's a spinoff of this one. It's more of a traditional review show. Uh, so, like, we opened doing, like, but one of us has to do a first watch. And, like, the first episode was Mads Milkinson, who we mentioned earlier. And I'd never seen Hannibal, so I watched all of Hannibal. And then I made him watch one of my favorite Mads films, A Royal Affair. And we come back and we talk about Mads, and it was awesome. Uh, you know, and uh, so... I've come to find out not only did he never see Elvira before, either as a horror host or as the film, he didn't like her and had dismissed her because of the whole vampire thing. Yeah. So we have turned him around. I like made him because of our show. Watch this stuff. So I will and also go to her panel because he went to a panel at which uh, convention we sent you to this year. Uh, it was it was Horror Hounds, right? Horror Hounds in Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah, so it was at Horror Hounds Cincinnati, so I told him to go to the panel. And so I'm pleased to tell, and I'm going to have him take over and talk about it for a minute, Steve has changed his mind about Elvira. He is now a convert, and he's on the force side of for force of for good. So tell us how you – your experience, and talk about the movie, and we'll, we'll chime in too because we, we're talking about the movie now, and I wanted – and Raven, I know you've seen it too – Please join us. So, well, all right. To, um, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Raven. Um, Hi, uh, go ahead. To, just to <laughs> reiterate the um, Elvira um, um, thing there, I, I do feel bad about that now because I, I did outright dismiss her based on I, I, um, I'm not sure exactly um, even now where that had originally come from, but there was some stuff between. It, it was all rooted in uh, vampire fandom, but anyway, um, it was uh, really off base, and I had never even paid her mind because of it. And uh, so, yeah, it was just really unfair. And so I go to the panel, and uh, she was, you know, just as herself, uh, and she was absolutely wonderful, and 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 told great stories. And Elizabeth and I talked about her, and just uh, her being the youngest showgirl i think they ever get a uh, show in vegas at 18 and just she talked a lot about uh, a lot that she had to just a lot of the, the hurdles that she had with the character and i and i also i kind of had dismissed like what an icon the character was as well and um i just it just went right by me because of like this bias i have but so then 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 I, I quickly got over that just how warm and, and great her panel was. It was one of, it was one of the best panels there and she was in you know, her just stories were fantastic. But then watching the movie, uh, Mistress of the Dark was just an absolute blast and it, it took me back to this point when I was a really young kid and I think fits right in with those films like those like those really early Burton films, even like for some reason like Pee Wee's Playhouse and like um um, other, you know, just stuff from that time period when I was a kid, when I was watching the Elvira film, like it made me feel that, and that kind of nostalgic way that I don't really, 
get with too many things. And so I was surprised at how much I really, really liked the film too. Um, so I would say that I'm totally converted and that I, I, I stand corrected on the mistress of the dark. Cause yeah, she's awesome. And that's pretty obvious, right? Oh, she is awesome. Cassandra Peterson is awesome. I'm so glad. I, I'm I'm so glad that you've changed your mind because when I, I thought that it was just one of those things, oh, I just never have seen it. But you were like, no, actively not watching it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we got to fix this. We fixed it. Um, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it, it's I'm happy. So um, so we're not going to kill him, Janessa. Should we still no, he gets a pass. I guess he corrected his ways. We have to have forgiveness. Okay. Thank you, thank it, you. I appreciate it. it we still might again. make you eat something gross, though, because you that's know, that's right. an we'll extermination eat. challenge. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's fine. So, that's fair. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, Miss Raven, how do you feel about Elvira, one way or another? Uh, now that we're all uh, waxing nostalgic, <laughs> I love Elvira. I love Cassandra Peterson. Um, she was a groundling, and so I have to love her as a former groundling, uh, or else they take away my certification. But I also love Vampira and Malin Nurmi. I never got into the legal. I'm gonna pick a side. Uh, to me, they're both. I, to me, Vampira is a spoof of Morticia Adams, and Elvira is a spoof of Vampira. Other people feel differently, and they can, they're allowed to. But I love them both, and I also saw the film in the theater with my cousin. Um, she and I really thought Elvira was the prettiest woman alive. Um, I remember after seeing it in the theater that it was my first time having a nightmare after a movie and it was the death by high heel shot kept playing <laughs> in my head and waking me up. And that's probably why I still only wear flats to this day, honestly, now that I'm thinking of it. I've, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the shot that kind of, I, it is I always... scary in places when you're little. And well, there's some gore yeah. going on, and the villain at the end is undead at that point. And that's pretty funny yeah. and, and and scary. There's it knows when that's a good horror comedies know that sometimes you have to turn the horror on first, and, and that's kind of what right. uh, Dracula is about too, in a way. Uh, think about it. Uh, but uh, I really the the scene I always think about is like when she makes the stew and it becomes the monster, and there's a shot of it of the puppet trying to <laughs> yes. eat spider boobs. That's probably my favorite shot in the whole film. I don't know why, but it, that's the one I always <laughs> flash to when I think about the movie. That or her getting the the tar on her during the flash dance sequence. That's the other mm-hmm. one, you know. So, uh, you know, I I really love that movie too. And uh, and uh, now it's finally after so many false releases, we have it on Blu-ray. Finally, um, you can Yay. actually buy it because it yeah. that's one of those films that's always I never understood why it's so hard to get a good copy of El Ryan or Mistress of the Dark. There's clearly an audience for it and a demand. I mean, people still line up at these horror conventions and see Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, whether she's doing a photo op or not. Uh, Spooky Empire had a like almost disaster last year because how many people turned up to see Elvira and give away, and she was giving away a Funko Pop. They're doing it again this year. 
Um, and that's coming up. Spooky Empire in Orlando comes up in on Christmas. Is oh, it's on Halloween. I think it starts Halloween Day. So we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed, because it is one of the better shows in the area. Uh, two of my maniacs go to it, and uh, I'm we'll hope that it works out that they won't have the disaster. But but once again, Elvira was a total pro, and she. She was there for the whole disaster, uh, the the long queues and the the, the angry people, and and I I can't really tell you. Much. I'll have Denna talk to you, Raven, about what happened last year. So we don't want that to happen again. But okay. all I'm saying is that there's a demand for Elvira. People still want to see her, and uh, I do too. Every time I happen, she was actually I was at Chiller Theater in New Jersey this weekend. I went up there for uh, the Evil Genius's birthday. We went up and our friends were having an Adams Family themed Halloween party and they gave her a cake during the party because it was on her actual birthday. And I took her to Chiller the next day, which was good because Elvira was there the day before. So that means I wasn't going to spend more money on Elvira. But get this, Janessa, you want to know who I spent the most money on? Because you're my generation. So get ready. Melissa Gilbert. It was her first appearance (laughs) at a convention. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, it was Melissa Gilbert, and um, you know I get geeky and silly. Erin Marie can tell you around, like, but it's just kind of geeky silliness you do around, you know, conventions and stuff. But I met Shirley Jones. I started to cry. I I couldn't <laughs> stop. I I I wasn't blubbery, ugly cry. I kept it to just tears. But oh my god. Like, I actually don't, like, I couldn't, I couldn't explain to her how much she meant to me as a person, as a, as an icon growing up, because I emulated everything Shirley Jones did. I wanted to be Have you heard about Christmas Con? Uh, no. Have you heard about, oh my God, it sounds terrible, but like, (laughs) this is where I think the conventions might be jumping the shark, because it's a convention for those Hallmark Christmas movies. They're going to do a whole convention where where you can go and meet the people from the Hallmark Christmas movies. And I was like, that's my personal hell. I hope hope Patrick Muldoon is there. I would go with Patrick Muldoon. Because he's in a lot of those movies. Yeah, I would go. Where is that? Where is it? I just saw it in passing. I was looking up stuff about Dragula, actually, and they linked to all these other articles about other conventions <laughs> and things happening, and they're like, now you can meet your favorite stars from the Hallmark Christmas Channel. I was like, what's this about? And I clicked on it, and it was talking about how they're planning this whole, like, Hallmark Christmas movie convention, Holy and shit. I feel like it was somewhere like Los Angeles, somewhere west, um, but yeah, it's... I, I was not interested, so I didn't look much further into it. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, 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 to, I let me bring on, I have a caller. We should bring them on. But I wanted to say uh, last year I guest hosted on my friend's show, The Feminine Critique, and every Christmas she does a, a episode solo. She doesn't have a partner with her, but she's on the of guest host called uh, Stalking Stuffers where she reviews every single one of those movies. And she has a rating system, and her, she's so funny, and and it's hysterical. And she's a girl geek like us, and uh, uh, and she had me do the Christmas Prince sequel with her last year. So we're hoping to do the, the third one. Uh, so I, 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 so ultimately, I do have this weird interest in that. Uh, I, the evil genius signaling. 
Hi, peoples. All right, let me bring on our our caller. Let's see who it is. Uh, three, two, one, area code. You're on with the sexy witches. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, it's Kat. Kat, how you doing? This is Mrs. Kathleen hey, Marshall. Did you hear uh, in the top yeah, of the hour how I was you. gushing all over you? I know. I was shocked. I was like sitting there going, oh, my God, I got so embarrassed and nobody's around me and I got so embarrassed. And I'm like, but then again, I was like, nobody ever says, hey, gives me a shout out or says thank you or mentions like, hey, you're doing a great Aww. job. So thank you. I was, that was really appreciated. That's one reason I'm calling was to say thank you. It's really well, you're welcome. And people, we don't no, usually ahead. get shout outs. So when we do, it's like, thank you. Well, you get five points for that, too, for calling in. So thank you for your contestant. Well, you. <laughs> so, and I um, want to say, I, lo- I love Elvira, and I remember mm-hmm. before there was an Elvira, and I grew up, um, I was born in the early 60s, so, uh, of course, I love Lily Munster, and I love uh, Morticia, and I always wanted them to be my relatives and my neighbors. I thought they were the coolest, and I grew up, uh, I even remember... Um, uh, Vampire, maybe a little bit like you know after the fact. I think she was even on the, I think she was on the Munsters or the Adams family once. One of them was, but yeah, I remember all those ladies, and I always wanted to be them. I even like you said you were emulating them. Well, I kind of did too. Uh, let me ask and I'll uh, everyone about what do we think of Lisa Marie's performance of Vampire in El- in uh, Edward. I love it. I thought it was great. I liked it's it, too. my favorite Tim Burton movie. It probably is mine, too. Yeah, I thought it was fun. With you. Yeah, I, I really think she kind of nailed it, and she looks great in the costume. I mean, it's absolutely, like, yeah. phenomenal. There's not many people in the world that could actually get away with it, and Lisa Marie is on the very short list that could. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, cool. There's uh, a documentary that's think? available on... Amazon Prime yes. called um, Vampira and Me, and it's uh, it's okay. Like it's got it's a little quirky, but um, she talks about how she worked with Lisa Marie to prepare for that, and she talks mm-hmm. about kind of the experience. And so she actually worked with um, Lisa Marie to prepare her for that role, which I thought was very cool. It's interesting too. I, I watched awesome. that documentary too recently, um, and to see Melanie just talk on screen is worth your time to me if you're a vampire fan. Um, but like you said, yeah. as a documentary, that it's a little college yeah. graduation okay. capstone <laughs> project, maybe. But it is, um, I mean, it's a yeah. lot of footage of her. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah, footage of her. Yeah, it has footage of her. And so, yeah, there's a lot of historical information that, uh, and, and uh, clips I hadn't seen before. And, uh, one thing I noticed hearing her talk so much is that Lisa Marie definitely used a lot more of Vampira the character than she did Mela Nurmi the person when she was being supposedly just Mela Nurmi. But she was out as Vampira a lot. Uh, but I think it worked really well for the movie because um, one, she wasn't the main focus of the film, but uh, two, it just it made things less convoluted. I think if Lisa Marie had tried to do a vampire and a Mela and separate that with the short screen time she had, it would have 
been really confusing. But that's what the beauty of of that movie is. Yeah, well, it's not really a true story of Ed Wood's life. It's it's the story that Ed Wood would tell it if he was telling his own life. So, of course, Vampire would always be the vampire in the dress. It wouldn't be the regular mm-hmm. person. You know, it would right. always be, it would always be what he sees on screen. Uh, so, yes. uh, you know, uh, and that's actually the truth. Yeah, it the uh, And guess what? We have another caller. Like, Janessa, you're ready? We have callers tonight, which never happens. I'm ready. So, yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> let's bring one on. Uh, Let's see. And it's spinning. All right. 714, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Good evening, everyone. Hello, hello. Oh, it's hey. the cuz, Aaron Cousin. He's our, uh, he's my actual cousin. Where's your summary? Yeah, where's your <laughs> summary, dude? It's on there. I don't know why it wasn't on there before. It's on there. I redid it. I saw it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Oh, God. All right. Yay. All right. No scourging. <laughs> I, I, I've been oh. having a, wanting an excuse to use this scourge whip, and I was about to use it on Steve, but then he turned around I on Obara and got a summary in faster than he did. And now, uh, so, okay. I was calling uh, in for uh, two Aaron things. Aaron Kogan, Janessa Jane, Champagne. Yeah, what is hello, it? Hello, hello. I wanted to, I wanted to know my guess. My guess. Two things. Two hello. things. First off, I wanted to know when will we know if there's going to be a fourth season? When? I don't know. Yeah, okay. I've been following the yeah. Boulay Brothers Instagram, so and no announcements mm. yet. Okay, so keep watching the Instagram. All right. Yep. We'll, we'll, all right. I didn't okay. think that I'd heard about a renewal yet either. I was looking for one as well. I, I have okay. to yeah, think I that they had a when pretty good rating. We know one way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other I, thing I wanted to mention is uh, I'm a huge Elvira fan, having uh, watched her way back when, when she was on KHJ TV Channel 9, when there was a KHJ TV Channel 9, and uh, I saw her very first uh, performance at Knott's Scary Farm, where she used to yes. do a great show every year. She she took one year off, and I, we had to settle for Weird Al Yankovic. Aww. But uh, other than that, I think I caught just about every year that she was there and right up to her very last show, she was fucking amazing. Flat out. You can actually yeah. see, stream the last last show. It's online. I watched yeah. it. Uh, I was on an airplane and I watched it. Uh, <laughs> all things. I was like, what am I going to do? At the, I'm time, at the time, I posted a picture of her from the show that night. Um, one one of her like two or three last shows uh, I saw, and uh, I posted the picture from uh, the movie Mistress of the Dark, where she's twirling the tassels one in each direction, and yeah. I, I swear to God she's got a, a picture up in her attic that must look like hell because she looks amazing <laughs> decade after decade. She's aged. Yeah. She's never aged. It's true. Yeah. So she made a comment once about being Elvira and something about she wants to be able to eat a hamburger every once in a while. Uh, You know, she was making a joke about that. Now, who knows if Elvira meant it or not, but I'm sure there was still a lot of working out to be Elvira. 
no matter how natural oh, yeah. you are. I mean, because that, that's a lot of work to be Elvira. Elvira is, is you know, and, and she still is like, she has several world records, including like the like I said, youngest showgirl, and then there's also the longest per, person that own their own trademark, their own likeness. Like, like her character transcends every medium that she's ever been in, uh, you know, which is kind of like I, I I have to look up the exact Guinness record, but it's kind of amazing. She's been Elvira as long as I've been watching television, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and it's incredible. And look, all of us are here have like love her in some way. I don't think there's anybody from our generation who doesn't love Elvira. I, I would be really surprised. It's like Kane Hodder. Yeah. People will never leave Kane Hodder alone. I don't know what it is about that guy, but he always has huge crowds, no matter how many of these things he does. <laughs> Uh, same with Elvira. I don't know anyone <laughs> that hates Elvira, but I know people that are in the same boat that Steve used to be in, where they well, won't even give good. her a chance. Yeah, and that's, but that means that's there's a hope. Shame. So, you know? uh, Ar- uh, Kathleen Marshall and Aaron, before we let you go, versus Kathleen, was <laughs> it Saw or Hellraiser right for here. you? Yeah, was it Hellraiser yeah. or Saw for you, this madness? I actually didn't. I don't really have internet or um, cable that works. My house is kind of possessed and haunted, so oh, okay. I have to go by. D- I have to use DVDs and my phone, <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, and I did. And I bought a notebook on clearance to be able to even do my presentation, my summaries, because nothing was working. So I oh actually had to run down and go buy one at Target, but I found one. But I think it's possessed too because it ate my summary. And it, and it wasn't every time I try to do something for the madness, it eats it. So I was like, oh. what is this? It's, it's getting weird. But well, my, um, well, my workplace is also haunted. So, yeah. So, so well, you give a, bo- a bonus point for inanimate I, objects coming to life and attacking. Well, I'll give you that. Okay. Um, but <laughs> if I was going to pick, I probably would go Hellraiser. Okay. And um, what about you, Aaron? Did you watch Hellraiser or Saw for your binge last week? I watched a bunch of Hellraisers, and uh, (laughs) one was great. That's the one I've seen previously, and it was still really good. Uh, Two was okay. It had some potential, and man, it went down real fast from there. Uh, The last one, I think, was Revelations, where the two kids go to Mexico it's only an hour and 15 minutes, and it's an hour and 15 minutes too long. It sucks ass. <laughs> I, I, in well, fact, in, in my summary, I wrote, I, I'm not the biggest Next Generation fan, but I hated Star Trek Nemesis for how much it disrespected the fans, and I feel exactly yeah. the same way with that film. I'm not the hugest fan of the Hellraiser saga, but I understand people who are and I understand why and that last film totally disrespected them well I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I put you through some suffering because that's you got to <laughs> suffer a little bit during the madness or it isn't the madness so thank you well, and, cousin yeah, sure and suffering fits with the Hellraiser theme so there you go so Janessa, how about you? Do you if you had to, if you were forced because I had forced these people for this contest I'm running right now for Halloween to watch either Saw, Hellraiser, or both, like 16 out of uh, 20 films they had to watch um, to get the bonus. Uh, which one, if you were forced to watch, would be it? Would it be Saw or Hellraiser? 
So I, um, I've seen all of the Saw movies, and I enjoy them. Like, I enjoy them for what they are, which is just, like, cheesy, um, you know, trying to be too clever sort of set-up kind of movies, kind of the same way that I enjoy the Final Destination movies. I don't think they're at all, like, good quality, but there's just something about the, the sort of joyful ridiculousness of it that I like. I've only ever seen the first Hellraiser, so I would probably start on the Hellraiser series to, so that I could see them because I haven't seen them before. So I would start with that. Oh. But I could easily go back and watch the Saw movies. I, I, well, you, you I, I enjoy the, them. I think they're fun. You saw the Dracula episode that really, like like the, the tributes to the Cenobites were really well done, especially, yeah. uh, uh, what's, his, what's her name? The one that came in third. Uh Oh my goodness, I'm blanking her name. The wires all over her face. James. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, James was awesome. You know, the wires all over her face and everything. Victoria Black had the pull away face, which was incredible. Uh, she could yeah. pull her own face off. <laughs> it was like, damn. Uh, actually, in the second season, Victoria Black was my favorite. I rooted her on, but partly also because she was a makeup effects artist. And, uh, you know, you see me at these horror conventions. I love makeup arcs. So, you know, you know, um, so let's talk about horror because you are a horror geek like the rest of us here. And it is Halloween. So let's close out with the finale of talking about our favorite horror films, especially this time of year. And uh, since we're getting to the end of the year, I'm going to let you lead off. What was your favorite horror films that you saw this year? I so I really loved. I think Ari Aster is going to be doing amazing things. Um, Midsummer was weird Yay! and different, and um, I I didn't like it as much as Hereditary, but I still loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I again just because I like a little bit of camp, I really enjoyed the new um, Child's Play. I thought that was fun. Like I thought I liked the way that it played with the idea of all of our smart technology and, you know, I'm always telling my Amazon echo, I don't want to say her name cause she's right over there and she'll listen to me. But um, <laughs> the way that that technology is just becoming a part of our life and, you know, the sort of weirdness that could come of that. I liked the way that they played with that. So those were two of my favorites from this year. And I rewatched all of the psychos. That was my, oh, that was nice. my kind of a binge in October. I watched all the psychos. Excellent. And Mick Garris, um, he wrote two and four. I think he directed four. Uh, so he would be in an automatic triple bonus. Does two of, of Psycho mids a lot of points <laughs> for my contest. So and that's cool. You know, so um, which was your yeah, outside of the original? It. Outside of the original, put it to the side. Which was your favorite of the sequels? I, oh, number four is almost unwatchable I just I <laughs> for some reason I just really hate that one but I did kind of like what they did with um, number two I thought that one was the most yeah. fun although number three where they kind of mirrored the Marion Crane where they had the nun um, so I like them both I, but I think I liked the number two a little bit more and I completely agree with you about Midsummer. I haven't seen a better film this year yet uh, <laughs> I really have so good I saw it. I paid for it. I paid for it twice. I went to see the. I went to see it, and then I dragged all my friends to see the director's cut when I was in New York City. I'm like, you guys are coming to see this, uh, you know. Um, 
Aaron says, Psycho 2 is great. Oh, well, you can tell on air, you know, Psycho 2 is great, Mr. Kogan. Yeah. I did I wonder, and I think that if you love if you love <laughs> slashers, you have to like the Psycho movies. I mean, it's just such a classic. So many of the tropes and so many of the expectations come from that movie. And yep. if I can plug a little project that I'm working on, I'm actually working oh, yeah. on a little a little something called Cabin One, which is going to be a drag queen musical parody of Psycho. So awesome. it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be campy and it. weird. That's so this awesome. is not just you what, re- binging. This is you researching. Yeah, so that's how it started is I watched the um, the first one, and then I happened to be in Walmart, and they had all four of them in one of those little sets like they do around Halloween yes. for like 10 bucks. So I was like, I'm going to watch the other ones, and it was amazing. It was so good. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I did want to make sure, and maybe this is a good time to talk about it, and we'll continue some more horror, that you do floor – I mean, you, you horror host and you do floor shows yourself. I've seen you, you actually host shows. So what's that like for you? And do you use any of your horror hosting love, like Ovira? Is, do you use any anything you've seen as inspiration for your own sets? Yeah, we do. Um, I definitely bring have been bringing more of the horror into – some of my drag show work. Um, I kind of call myself kind of like how Cinemax is like soft core. I consider myself soft gore when I'm doing a drag <laughs> show. So it's like still kind of cute and kind of sweet, but, um, and I've been hosting midnight movie events. And so I bring in some of the comedy and we don't do as much during the show, like the little breaks and stuff, but um, you know, talking about it and presenting information. Um, I love to do that and kind of hosting it and having fun, horror-themed outfits, and it's a lot of fun. Your Cthulhu one I was talking to when you were on it beforehand is one of my favorite looks you do. I just love oh, the whole yeah. tentacle thing you were doing, and it was just like, yeah, elders all over. <laughs> you know, it's just really, yes. really awesome. So, yeah, describe some I of your I love a good fascinator. <laughs> yeah, talk, talk about some of your horror looks. Like, what, what themes do you often do? I know that you do a Freddy. I've seen that. Uh, but you yeah, do so a lot more than that. Freddy. Yeah, so I've got um, this gown that I do this fun mix. It's got, like, Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics, um, the Beyonce Sweet Dreams, um, a few other um, – Dream a Little Dream of Me by Mama Cass, and they're all mixed together with clips of Freddy from the show. Um, I do kind of a Jaws, um, a Jaws look, uh, where I have these this big like hair that's shaped like a fin and a white dress and the Jaws purse and these sunglasses that are red with teeth on them. <laughs> and then I do um, Shark in the Water by V.V. Brown, um, which is a lot of fun. And so, yeah, it's a lot of visual stuff. I've been working it more into the show, but I do a lot of just like themed costumes when I go to conventions, cause I do a lot of the, um, cause conventions are expensive. So I was like, I'm going to get some content for my website out of this. So I make sure I do really fun outfits and do the pro photo ops and, and then I post them on my website and all that. So, well, and you're up in your game a little bit. You, you're launching podcast and, uh, I noticed that you said you got some yeah. new gear. Yeah, I've been, well, and actually I'm working on launching a YouTube channel. I I've been doing, I'm not distant at all. But I actually, because of that panel that you guys were on in Atlanta in 2017, I um, I just I was like I've been talking about a podcast for years. And I was like I'm finally going to do it, and so I've been doing 
um, a couple of podcasts that I just kind of do when I have time. And I have Jeunesse After Dark, which is kind of my main interview show. Um, and I've interviewed some fun people like Felissa Rose, um, indie horror directors, Tommy Faircloth and Heidi Moore. And then I have one that's a little oh, bit more Heidi. personal to me that's called yeah, Heidi Moore. I love her. Oh, you probably met her in Vegas. Did you go to Vegas? Uh, no, no, but she's local to me oh. here in, uh, in the D.C. area. So, oh, gotcha. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Carry on. A lot of fun. But yeah, um, my newest one is kind of a limited series. It's going to be 17 episodes, and it's called Miss J, The Renovation. And it's really kind of tackling some mental health stuff but in like a fun, quirky drag queen sort of way where I just bought, I was like, rather than trying to do actual work to fix myself, why don't I just buy 14 self-help books and, um, you know, just kind of muddle my way through it. And it was going to be just sort of lighthearted, making fun of self-help books and kind of teasing the whole genre and that kind of thing. And I got into it and a lot of the books kind of started kicking off some really deep things. And so it's sort of turned into this very different project that I, I'm absolutely in love with. I'm super slow at producing episodes, but we've got, I think, six episodes out now, and there's going to be 17 total. Yay! Um, I'm so so glad you're... The YouTube channel is coming. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome, and uh, I hope you do makeup tutorials on your YouTube channel. Of course. Of course we're going to do some makeup. We're going to do drunk drag queen makeup tutorials. (laughs) That's even better. Oh, my God, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, so yeah, we, as soon as you launch your channel and have your first post step, let me know. We'll make sure we share it, uh, and, uh, Absolutely. get you some, get you some subscribers and, and last yeah. but not least, uh, and then, um, don't forget to talk about your calendar. I know that you have one coming up. Yes. So I, every year I do some calendars. They're just kind of for fun. They're not really a big moneymaker because they're expensive to produce, but, um, I always do um, calendars, and so I've got three calendar themes this year, and uh, one is called Cake Face, and it's um, basically a photo shoot that I did this summer, and it comes from, there's a few shots in there where I'm kind of, there's this hot go-go boy, and I shove cake into his face and then, like, rub it all over him, and it's just, like, crazy, weird, sexy, kind of fun photography. It's all bright blue and very colorful. Um, it's a photographer that I work with quite a bit locally. And then we have Dirt and Glitter, which is Brooklyn Ewing, who is the director of the film. She was so pretty, and she was so pretty, be good for goodness sake. She's also a photographer. And so when I go to conventions, and she's at the same one, we always book a photo shoot. And so Dirt and Glitter is kind of her dirt, filth aesthetic with my glitter, campy aesthetic kind of put together. Um, but then if you want to have a like more work-friendly one, the last calendar is called MSFW, which is mostly safe for work which is where we take out all the half-naked go-go boys, we take out all the poppers, we take out all the whips and chains and all that good stuff. Those are in the other two calendars. Don't worry, you can still get some of that. But um, if you want one that you could hang up around the kids, you can have Mostly Safe for Work, which is just a big, fabulous drag queen in lots of cute outfits. And those are available I, I at totally JenniceJ.com for pre-order. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. yeah. Say that again. I talked over it. So go ahead. Say it again. Oh, yeah, I was going to say they're available for pre-order at JanessaJ.com. At JanessaJ.com. You heard that, folks, plugging her stuff. So uh, I totally want di- uh, Dirt and Glitter. That's the one I want. I want Brooklyn's layout. <laughs> She's really good at boudoir so and, and soft lighting and stuff like that. And Brooklyn's been on the show, I believe. I, I had Brooklyn on the show before, right? Maybe you guys weren't here yet. It might have been when Queenie was still on. 
So I had an indie showcase. I wasn't here. and she's and of course she's been on my women of independent horror panel at Days of the Dead in uh, Charlotte, which we were both at that yeah. year, on um, the inaugural year. So uh, Brooklyn's awesome. So shout out to Brooklyn Ewing, what's up? And uh, yes, love her. Yeah. You know, so yeah, she's. I uh, hope to see her at Days of the Dead Atlanta. And I, I actually sounds like I'm probably am going because Mr. Nathan Hamilton turns forty. So we're gonna be throwing it down for his 40th birthday. So will I maybe seeing you? I I think I decided. So I go to one in the spring and then I go to Indianapolis and I was gonna go to Atlanta again, but they moved Vegas back so that it's earlier. So I might go to Vegas. You might go to Vegas instead of Atlanta. I know I love Atlanta. Oh. Atlanta's one of my favorite places to visit, but I I've never been to Vegas. And so oh. I was like, I may have to go. And the pre, like the early announcements seem better for Vegas. Like Atlanta is going to have Stacey Dash. And I was like, I'm going to have an issue. Like that bitch and I are going to throw the fuck down if I go to Atlanta. <laughs> like I just, uh, I got, which is <laughs> awful because I love Clueless. <laughs> I know. Hmm. I know. I feel the same way. Oh, oh man. <laughs> It is terrible. It's very tragic. Oh my god. Well, Vegas. Um, how do I, I? I have a lot of issues with Vegas, but you know, it's one of those love to hate relationships with Vegas. Uh, uh, but a lot of people have a great time there, and I'm sure you will. Yeah. You're gonna have a blast. And I do have a thing for lights and and things like that, lighting displays, and you know, it's all part of showbiz. So I like that part of it. I just don't like pain, but. $90 to watch a magician play with a kitty cat, even as cool as that yeah. cat is, you know, uh, the price. But <laughs> at the same time, like gambling's cheap, alcohol is flowing. Um, my only suggestion, because I want you to enjoy yourself however you want, is the best buffet in town is not on the strip, it's at the Rio. So remember that. If you want the best restaurant, go to the Rio. Don't go to the ones the Rio. downtown. So it's worth it's worth awesome. one trip to the Rio to go have their buffet because it is the best buffet you'll ever do. It is so much fun. Uh, Last so, time I, I had a buffet at the Rio, they still build themselves as the largest buffet in the world. So I don't yeah, know if that's it, changed yet, oh. but it was true at the time about five years ago. Yeah, well, I believe it still is. I mean, it, and 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 uh, I am not one of these people that enjoys gluttony as a vacation. Like cruise ships right. don't really get, it. but <laughs> but the Rio is something. It, it's kind of it's on its own level, so it's worth doing once for sure. Uh, so yeah. you have a great time if you go to Vegas. But I would miss you in Atlanta because I love Atlanta too. Uh, but and I did tell Nathan that if he was going, I would go, but he had to go. I said, I'm not going unless you do. So, uh, you know, (laughs) but, you know, for me, it's like a Spirit Air flight and it's super cheap. It's cheap as the bus ticket used to be, uh, you know, to fly to Atlanta. So it's not a big deal. And now my new job, get this, I I work next to the airport. Oh, nice. It's funny. I could literally finish a day of work and drive to the the park and ride is across the street from my office. I could just go park my car and take hmm. the tra- and take Spirit Air and fly anywhere. So I really have no excuse on that. Um, speaking of which, Aaron, I can't say anything officially yet, but 
let's just say the IMDB has been placed. So I'm a, I'll be able to make my announcement probably next uh, in November um, publicly about certain things which will involve me right going on. out visiting you again. Woo! Right so, on. I know what you're talking about. Woo! Yeah, you do. <laughs> beat, 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 beat. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Nessa, I want you to watch my movie, and I'm not just saying that to plug my movie, because everyone should watch my movie over and over and over again, but I want you to see the costume aesthetic and get back to me on it, because my favorite costumer oh, yeah. in the world is Sarah Trost, and she did the movie The FP Beats of Rage. Um, actually, she's done a lot of films. She also, right now, her current show is The uh, Mighty Gemstones which is on HBO. She's the one designing yeah. all the fly-ass suits for that show uh, right yeah. now. And she oh, did Eastbound cool. and, and Eastbound and Down. She basically is following Walter Goggins around and dressing him. That's what she wants to do with her life. And I can see there's worse things to do. You know what I'm saying? Than <laughs> yeah. just dressing Walter Goggins. So, uh, but but um, this movie's homegrown. It's her brother, and it's on their property, and I helped with it. But she's truly one of my favorite customers, and I want you to watch it and come back to me, and you can tell me how you feel about Sarah's costumes, because I think she's just a genius. So I'd be really excited to have your hear your opinion on that, since you also. I would costumes. love that. Yeah, yeah I'm I, a tech. I'm a theater tech nerd. I that's what I go for. If I can see a show, like if there's a play or a musical, I, if I can afford it and if I can get in, I try to go twice because I want to see, like, sometimes in the first viewing, I'm so entranced by the costuming and the sets that I miss stuff out of the show. And so I like to be able to go and just, like, nerd out and then be like, okay, now I'm actually going to see the show. And, well, Raven is our theater geek. I mean, she actually literally is working for a theater in her job, her day job. <laughs> or or actually it's and my night job. job. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a day and night job being a theater job. It's all the time job. Right. But, job job. Yeah. Yeah. Job job <laughs> job job. <laughs> but uh so uh we we are lovers of stage and craft and makeup and costume effects and you know, or all that kind of not just not just the films, uh stage two and uh so yeah. I love that all of us have been looking at a spotlight most of our lives in one way or another. And we're all inspired by the same horror hosts, which is awesome too. Yes. <laughs> uh, so before we let you go for the night, cause we do have to wrap things up. Um, where can they see you next besides your calendar? Do you have any public appearances coming up? Yeah, so this Saturday, if they're around Bismarck, North Dakota, we have our Dakota Divas show, which is the name of the show that we do in Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, so we have that at the Radisson Hotel starting at 8 o'clock. Uh, December 7th, I'm going to be in East Grand Forks, Minnesota at um, the American Legion for B.J. Armani's Cabaret. So those are kind of the, the two live events that I have planned through the end of the, through the, end of the year. Well, that's awesome. And uh, so is Halloween your uh, – a lot of – asked, I've asked this of a few drag queens. A lot of drag queens consider Halloween their Christmas. Are you partial to Halloween over Christmas, or are you – or is there room for – or do you prefer both? Some people like them both. I, I love Halloween more, but I can understand why someone would get into Christmas. Yeah, I'm not really into Christmas. I love Halloween, and it's my favorite, but especially when you're a drag queen, 
I I was so excited because this year I actually went to two Halloween parties. Usually, like, everybody, I don't know what it is. It's like a six-month rotation. Everybody wants a drag queen in October and April. Those are the two months that, like, it's crazy that everybody's trying to book you. Everybody's trying to get all this stuff. And so sometimes I don't even have time to, like, go out and just have a party night. Like, I have all these shows and different events and stuff. And so um, this year I actually got to go out. So I love Halloween. It's my favorite. That's my spirit. But I like Christmas because I actually get to relax a little bit. And there's good oh, nails relax. and makeup all the time during the holidays. So. Oh, there is. I, 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 there absolutely is. So thank you for, Janessa. It's been so much fun having you on the show. And, yes, I'm uh, so you, glad we finally made it happen. Yeah, and you are welcome to call anytime. I just wanted, when it, for your real show, for a little fool one, uh, a topic we could talk about. And so I'm going to ask you one final question, and then we're going to close up for the night. If you got the call from the Blade Brothers to invite you to be on Dragula, would you go? Oh, God. Um, Being the horror geek I, I you mean, are. you would have to. Yeah, I mean, you. I think I would have to. Like, I don't Even think that I'm doing... Even if you're in the first round, what... Uh, it, exactly. Right? Like, I think that there's, it's an experience. And I think that even if, even if I was the one who got eliminated on the first show, I, I, that kind of thing, that's the thing you say yes to. Absolutely. If they were looking around and they're like, we want to bring in a little soft gore, like, let's bring you in and we'll have you come and do your thing. Or to be a judge. Oh my God, I would die. But yeah, like, uh, absolutely. I would say yes. Even if it's weird, I would, I would do the weird shit. Like I can, I can do it for a little while. I, I would love to see you do it. I think you could. I think you could. I would think you'd get a couple of rounds through because I know when it comes to elimination, you would actually be pretty tough. So uh, you I, know. I'm a competitor, so I think I would pull it out. I think I would. Yeah. I always like try to be very friendly and very sweet. And there would be times where I think I could be kind of the Louisiana purchase of the group. But I also, when it comes to, like time to like planning my stuff, I would like be very competitive. Oh. oh, excellent. So thank you. Call in anytime you want. I am so excited to finally have you on the show. And I hope to see Absolutely. you sooner than later. And, you know, stay warm up in Grand Forks. I know your snows are coming your way already. Yes, they are coming. So we had a little bit, but it melted. And then pretty soon they'll be here to stay. Yep. So stay warm up there. Enjoy your. Uh, I will. You know, and uh, definitely keep in touch. So I, and I also want to say, and I'm, I'm sort of the sexy witches also want to say goodbye, and I want to say goodbye to my sexy witches. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Thank Raven you. and and Aaron Thank for a quick call. You. Thank you, Kathleen and uh, Aaron for calling in. We appreciate it, guys. Yes. So um, we are next. Our next show is one of my favorite of the year. It's These are a few of our favorite things, and it's our overview of 2019, everything but movies. We save movies for uh, the beginning of top of the season, uh, but we'll talk about everything else, and that'll probably be the 12th of November. I am not committing 100% to that, but I'm pretty sure that's when it'll be, because I think the 5th is going to be something else so the 12th of november we'll we'll we will look at that as our next uh, next episode all right and uh then everyone will talk about their favorite music and their favorite uh websites and 
And of course, anybody who's on the phone listening in the air are welcome to call in the show and talk about their favorite things of 2019. And I want to say that the reason why I opened the show with Baby Shark tonight was because the Halloween edition was because my boys, the Nationals, were in the World Series while I was doing this. But I am professional and I always will honor my deadline for my podcast. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know if they won or not. Did they win? Do we know? Did they lose? Who won? Who won the World Series? We don't know. I have no idea. Oh, it's oh, oh, well, it's not over yet. And my husband just said it's five to two and the nationals are up. So hey. So fingers crossed, everyone. So so let's leave on that note. Good night, everybody. And I'm gonna leave you tonight with some Elvira to go, because everyone needs some Elvira to go. Much love and madness. We'll see you next month. Good night, everyone. Blessed be. Ladies and gentlemen, the Flamingo Hotel is proud to present the Mistress of the Dark, Elvira. I've always dreamed of doing this, and now I've got my chance. So excuse me while I indulge myself in a